0: Shocking babies. If you enjoy the music of Barry Manilow, Liberace, or the Bee Gees, then you're going to hate Guar. Her name is Guar, and Guar, the band from hell. That band, Guar, has got to be the raunchiest, most rotten band. They are the worst. Hello, and welcome to episode 52 of Shocking Things. This is John, and I'm going to be doing a solo episode about the documentary This is Guar which is a Shudder exclusive that was released on July 21st of this year. But it was also originally had a world premiere at Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas on September of 2021. And it won a 2021 Audience Award at Nightstream. But right now, you could go to Shudder, get the app, and watch this. Now, Guar. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Bangor, I'll get into that in just a minute, but this documentary is directed by Scott Barber. I had to look up to see who is Scott Barber, and I recognize him from a documentary he directed called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story, which is on Hulu, and I highly recommend this if you grew up as a Nickelodeon kid. Uh, very interesting behind-the-scenes of the whole Nickelodeon, the the way it started, and just branding and all that. Uh, it's edited by Jeff Johnson and Casey Pinkston, which is fantastic, the job they did, where they intertwined, you'll see animation in some of the, the live footage, and you go back and forth with the band members talking. Very, very interesting. So, okay, who is Guar? Now, Guar, I guess the best way you could describe them is this theatrical, uh, you know, comedy, joke band that mixes science fiction, horror, punk, and all these theatrical elements all into one. And, I can tell you right now, uh, they're not for everyone. They're very offensive at times, but it's very tongue-in-cheek, their humor. Now, for the band, uh, when you watch this documentary, it shows how, when I explain their theatrics, they're extremely over the top, With blood spurting all over the place. Uh, they'll have... Um, former singer, Odor Sirungus, to have a, uh, a penis, a fake penis that uh, they claimed wasn't a penis, was supposed to be a type of fish to get away from obscenity uh, laws, but uh, that would be shooting simulated semen all over the place. We have a crew member saying uh, how they use hypoallergenic food dye from France. They had to use that because uh, there's no more mold or maggots in the hoses that they use to shoot this out. That's what the change of this, so... Right off the bat, it starts off explaining how, yeah, this is, uh, behind the scenes, these costumes, uh, they're all sweaty, these rubber costumes they wear, yeah, and just <laughs> what goes on with the, the special effects, uh, you wouldn't think that you're gonna have uh, these things happen, but, so, when you see this, it has the whole birth of the band, Guar. how they started, and kind of like just the behind the scenes, it, it's, it's, the magic I guess kind of like there's Hollywood magic there's you know there's the same thing with the special effects for this band and shows how it comes to life uh, the band started now from they're from Richmond Virginia and there's a place called the dairy and local artists would rent this place out they have practice spaces or they would rent out places uh, there for art projects uh, it was illegal to live there but uh, they still. They didn't care. They still lived there. Uh, I know some people who had a similar setting in downtown New Haven in the 90s. Very, very similar to that. Uh, they interview, well, the interview, a lot of the band members, they talk about this. Uh, Hunter Jackson is the one who created all these costumes originally. He has a degree in commercial art, and he says his professor hated comic books and animation and basically everything Hunter was interested in. And he lived in the dairy and created props for a creation of a film he wanted to call Scum Dogs of the Universe. So that was the original idea. It wasn't it really intended to be a band? Uh, other uh, members were talked about it, how they loved Kiss, Dungeons and Dragons, and they met Dave Brockie, who later became the singer of Guar, but Brockie was in a band he created called Death Piggy, which just was a punk band. And then Brocky asked Hunter if he could borrow his space uh, barbarian costumes, he called them, and open up for themselves and build themselves as a crazy barbarian band called Guar. He just figured it'd just be a fun thing as a joke, and this thing that was a joke just started to really kind of pick up. And Jackson said, him, "Well, maybe you could use some of this footage in his film." He kind of figured that would be the kind of interesting to do that, but then. They Guar just morphed into something bigger than any of them could imagine. And Hunter was also the character in Guar Techno Destructo, which I find interesting about, you know, when typically these bands and just uh, what they're into uh, anti authority. Hunter uh, actually left Guar and moved to Detroit. He wanted to moved to a big city and was a corrections officer. That, that, that But out of all the things you figure would be shocking about Guar, that was the most shocking thing um, to me about the band, him in particular, but, um, so Guar, how can I explain Guar? This uh, documentary obviously does a great job explaining it, but th- when I saw them live, you see, it doesn't make a difference who the politician is. If it's a Republican or a Democrat, any type of uh, celebrity. Nobody was safe. They would have these mock ex- executions of all these people. Like I said, uh, very uh, one some people was very you know, shocking and very uh, disturbing. I, I, I looked at this all. I didn't look at this as real life. I just looked at this all as a joke. Didn't take any of this seriously. Another thing that was interesting about this documentary is... They have celebrities that were fans that are interviewed. Uh, Thomas Lennon, the actor, uh, done a lot of things. He was was at Reno 911 as Officer Dangle, Weird Al Yankovic, Randy Bly uh, from the band Lamb of God, director Adam Green, who did the Hatchet films, Matt Pinfield, the host of 120 Minutes, uh, the actor Alex Winter, uh, people know from Bill and Ted, Excellent Adventure, and Lost Boys. Uh, It's interesting to see them, you know, in this documentary. Uh, Now, for the Banguar, how I first heard about them, honestly, I was a teenager. I just somehow just stumbled across them at a record store. Don't remember exactly what record store. I do remember the display, though. And I still remember the display for Shimmy Disc Records. It was a black... Black and white with the red Guar logo. Hello was the name of it. Hell hyphen O. It was released in 1988. I looked at back in this time period. I would honestly just buy some records just based on the album, the artwork, the band's name, if I wasn't familiar with, or the song titles, or a combination of all that, or the record label. Never heard of Shimmy Disc. Had no idea who they were. I would sometimes find out about certain bands and magazines. I don't know if I saw something about them in Maximum Rock and Roll. I don't remember. But somehow, I just have a vague memory. I just remember seeing this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy this. And I bought it on cassette. Very just, you know. The lyrics are definitely uh, very X-rated lyrics. Definitely not something for kids. The music was very primitive, and they explained this too, because I'm like, oh, this isn't really metal sounding, and they explained that they're a punk band trying to play metal at that time, so they didn't really know what they were doing, but it was very interesting, and I did like it, and then I started finding out how they were playing live, and there all these outrageous antics, and I finally saw, there's on public access... It was live from Antarctica was the name of it. They weren't actually in Antarctica. I don't know where they were, but this was on public access. Connecticut public television. Saw that. I was like, okay, i got to finally see these guys eventually. And they got a little more notoriety because I talked to some of my friends. They didn't really know who they were. And then once Scum Dogs of the Universe came out in 1990 on Metal Blade Records, which is a bigger label, obviously, and it was a really polished... Sound the production, the the band is definitely more metal sounding. It wasn't you know uh, the punk band trying to play metal. They actually really sounded like metal. They really started getting out to a broader crowd at that point. And then they started really touring more, and showed how they toured a school bus cross country. It was, that was pretty crazy. They actually played Dungeons and Dragons on the bus. Uh, really funny, and they had this, the animation they, they put in this, too. How um, they'd read, a it was an Odorous Yerongress, which is Dave Brock. is reading a Conan the Barbarian comic book to everyone on the bus with a flashlight in the dark. So this is kind of like, you know, they're a gimmick, but they really lived this. They were really into this stuff. And it's great to see that they loved this, that they kind of took this to the next level showed how they got arrested for obscenity charges at one point and how they actually got nominated for a Grammy for Phallus and Wonderland, which is a great title, Phallus and Wonderland, and they were told not to wear their costumes at the Grammys, but they ignored that, and they still did, And which I find interesting. I totally understand the band not wanted to totally change their image or anything like that to uh, make money become a sellout, but uh, they gave up a record deal with Warner Brothers because they refused to drop one song off the record, not completely change their gimmick or anything like that, just drop one song, which I was really surprised that they wouldn't do that. I mean, you went to the Grammys, you kind of like, so if you're kind of afraid of selling out, you kind of like, okay, you're nominated for a Grammy and you you went to the Grammys at that point, is dropping one song to be that much of a big deal? And they realized that was a big mistake. So, oh, hey, I mean, what it happens, you know. Uh, but they got, you know, started getting bigger. Uh, they were in the film Empire Records, if anyone's ever seen that. They became a staple on Beefs and Butthead. Uh, Mike Judge was also a fan, too, and he put he, he put them, uh, the, the videos in the Beefs and Butthead episodes, and then actually in the Beefs and Butthead video game, you'd actually see... Uh, the whole premise of the game was you'd have to win tickets to a war concert. And, like, any band that's been around for a while, you're going to have egos clash, and it shows how pretty much Hunter Jackson and Dave Brockie hated each other. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's unfortunate, but that's just what happens after a while with some bands. Uh, then, and as a fan, I was a fan of the first two albums, and then after that, I just was like, yeah, it's wasn't into what they're doing anymore the, the music was you know, like I don't know what they were doing it just sounded like crap it was just wasn't even metal sounding and they actually admit that it became too silly after a while and the music was no longer metal and then stage shows got more and more outrageous which realistically that's what they're known for they're not really known for writing great songs they're known for their theatrics and their stage shows um Another thing they bring up about just drugs kind of got in the way of the band. Uh, there's also merchandise uh, disputes where Hunter Jacks was selling things without their permission. Uh, then another thing for the band was, uh, which was huge, was singer Dave Brockie uh, passes away, and at that point, the you know the band didn't know what to do immediately, and. As someone who was a fan, a big fan at the beginning, and after a while, just kind of like, I'd pay attention to them. I'd go see them live here and there for entertainment. But once, and he's such a large in life, you know, lead, lead singer and focal point of the band. And, and when you have someone like that, it's kind of like, I personally don't follow the band anymore. I'll give you an example. Um, Vince Neil, Motley Crue, when he left, I was just kind of like, okay, this band's over. I don't care anymore what they're doing. Until he came back, the same thing with Anthrax. Once Joey Belladonna left, I'm like, all right, I'm not really going to pay attention to what you're doing anymore. And I would try to, and I'd listen to it. I'm like, yep, not for me. And you kind of see how they're still around. So they had this uh, new singer, Blothar, But they're extremely different, though. His singing and just, he's a big guy. He doesn't move. He doesn't have uh, just the same, um, I don't know, just the the same impact as Dave Brockie had, in my opinion. But there's a whole new audience that you see when they show in the video and there are live concerts that they love this. They're really into it. And I also, uh, seeing them over the years, I- I've learned that there's a certain point I was getting too old to see them because I was like, yeah, this is getting kind of childish. The-, the music is childish. It was fun for a while, but I actually went to go meet friends. I uh, met Laura there years ago. I don't know if this was 2007 or 8, And went to go there. It was fairly early, too. I figured, okay, we'll go... We missed the opening band, whatever, let's go see Guar. and we went to the door, and they said, oh yeah, the is already playing, it was like 8.30 at night at Toad's place, I'm like, how are they playing already, oh yeah, it's a school night, and it's mostly teenagers, so that's why we set this so early, so I kind of knew, like, alright, well, I guess it's, for, for myself, I haven't seen them in years, Laura wanted to see them, like, alright, well, sorry, tried, uh, the one memorable time i did see them because it was a triple bill of headliners basically it was hatebreed misfits and guar and that was hands down the best time i ever saw a guar just great lineup just a really really fun night so for this documentary with the rating scale I give this thumbs way up because you don't have to be knowledgeable, you don't even have to be a fan of GWAR just to see all what went on behind the scenes of the band, how interesting the story was, actually how emotional it can be at times when you see the band members talk about deaths of other band members and the conflict and how emotional they get, and you see this real human side of this band that you, you kind of you never saw before because you see them all. As characters so thumbs way up if you don't have shutter i suggest getting it definitely give it a shot uh shocking things uh, we're on social media the best way to find us on the main hub is anger.fm slash shocking things as a link to twitter facebook instagram any podcatcher obviously you're listening to us now so you know where to find us and as always try and enjoy the daylight Shocking things. Your act has been described as obscene and disgusting. What do you say to that? Hmm, very accurate. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy Shocking Things and want to support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Radio, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Sharing the episodes you enjoy on social media also helps. To see more information pertaining to each episode, please go to our social media and interact with us. On Instagram, it's at shocking.things.podcast, on Twitter, at things shocking, and on Facebook, at shockingthingspodcast. Or go to anchor.fm slash shockingthings for the main hub with the links to everything. Until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.